listening to The Terrific Teacherpreneur, a podcast for teachers looking to grow a successful online business. Your host, Alex, was able to transform her Teachers Pay Teachers store from a small side hustle into a profitable full-time business. She now helps other teachers do the same. Listen along for actionable tips and helpful wisdom about business and marketing as a teacherpreneur. Here's your host, Alex. Hello and welcome to the Terrific Teacherpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Alex, and today I'm going to be talking to my guest, Janice Cook, about spring cleaning your business. Although it's certainly not spring where I'm I'm in Australia, I know that a lot of my listeners are in the US, so hopefully you like the idea of spring cleaning your business. And in this episode, we're going to be chatting about all things productivity, motivation and mindset as well as things like systems and processes and hiring out on some of those really interesting topics. And I really can't wait to dive in. So let's get started. Welcome to the podcast, Janice. I'm so glad that you are here. It would be great if you could introduce yourself to my audience a little bit so that we can get to know you. Thanks for having me. I'm Janice Cook from Cook Family Resources, and I am a TBT seller. I have an active store, but I now work as an online business manager in the virtual assistant space. So I help teacher sellers make their systems tidy so their work week is peaceful and productive. Oh, that's perfect. You're like the dream guest because you've got like this perfect answer to what you do. And I love it. That's awesome. So today we're going to be really chatting about like motivation and productivity and systems and kind of getting ourselves organized in our businesses. And the first thing I really want to talk to you about is we both love that 80-20 rule, like the Pareto principle and stuff. I was wondering if you could tell my audience a little bit about what that is and your views on it and like how that applies to being a TPT seller. Yeah, 80-20 is something we preach all week long, but I think that people hear advice on podcasts and in memberships and in Facebook groups and all around, and they automatically hear the word all. And I don't hear people saying the word all, but when we hear like, you need to have square covers, they think, oh my goodness, I have 900 products. I could never make 900 new covers. And it's like, well, nobody told you to make 900 new covers. We should all have like a good handle on what 20% of our products are like bringing in the money, paying the bills. So um, every month, those are like 10 different products, but I only keep an eye, whether it's my store or a client store, I only really care about what those top 10 products are for that month. So whatever your top 10 products are that bring in the dollar bills in April, let's just change 10 covers. Let's change 10 titles. Let's take a look at 10 descriptions or just 10 snippets. Sometimes the description is too much and that's totally fine. But if you could change 10 titles every month and you chose the right 10 titles, we could really see a big impact in our business. So I think it always comes back to 80-20 when people are overwhelmed. Oh, there's no way I could do that all the way across my store. And I think it's just that fun reminder, like who said you had to do your whole store? Yeah, I love it. I'm really passionate about it because I used to be one of those people that felt like I had to make every product perfect. And it was really eye-opening to realize that I had these worst sellers that maybe were just never going to be best sellers. And I just had to accept that. And I was like, well, if I spend all these hours trying to make them perfect, like I'm not focusing on where I'm actually making money. And this applies to not just like the 80-20 rule doesn't just apply to your actual products. It applies to your entire business where you spend the majority of your time. And I feel like we do, we spend like 99.9% of our time on stuff that doesn't even make us money. <laughs> we should be focusing on that 20. We should be focusing on what actually brings us our revenue. And I'm so, so guilty of that. 
And our dashboard doesn't always tell us what we want to hear, right? Like if you like hanging out on Instagram, but you never see Instagram on your dashboard, you have to think like, am I spending more time there than I should be? It doesn't always tell us the information we want to, but it always does tell us the truth. Yes, literally me, like my story yesterday on Instagram, I was saying like, I'm stepping back from one of my Instagram accounts because I looked to my traffic tab and was like, I already knew this deep down, but just looking at the numbers was really eye-opening and saying, well, where does my money come from? It comes from Pinterest. It's not coming from that link in bio. So why do I keep pouring hours and hours of my time into that thing? So yeah, it was really eye-opening. I think we all need that wake-up call sometimes. So I'm glad we're chatting about this. Yeah. And I think that's something that happens for big stores and small stores. And it's really like comforting. The more people you meet in the TPT space, the more you realize like we're all struggling with the exact same thing, whether you have 50 products or you have 900 products, we all fall into those like same cycles where you're like, oh, I have to overhaul everything because a new thing just came out. Now, every one of my products needs an idea pin. Every one of my products need a video pin. It's like, who told you that? (laughs) You told you that, but we all do it. And I think there's some comfort in that. Yeah, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So this is a good segue into the next thing I want to chat about because you're really passionate about this. Let's talk about capacity and like not taking on too many things we literally don't have time for. Yeah. And I'm not always good at finding my own capacity in my own store. I think we all need to have like a business bestie or a little mastermind or someone that we feel like we trust that knows us and knows our business so that we can like slide in their DMs and be like, this is my plan for the day. And they can tell you at the beginning, like, girl, that's not going to (laughs) happen. And I think it happens for your week and for your month and for your quarter. You have to have someone that can catch you on those days where for some reason you think you have 26 hours in a day and there's only 24. And so I think we all do it. And so I think it's really good to have a sounding board in your business that doesn't have to be something paid. It can just be a friend that you like link arms and you say like in the morning, I'm going to check in with you about my to-do list. And you can tell me, they'll tell you if you're um, taking on more than you can handle. But I think they also can tell you when you're like, finding something shiny that doesn't align with your goals. I'd be like, I thought your goal this quarter was your blog. That doesn't sound like it's related to your blog. And you're like, oh, because a week or a month goes by and you're like, how come I didn't move the needle on my blog? Uh, Because you didn't do anything related to your blog. But sometimes the problem isn't how hard we're working or how many hours we're putting in or the knowledge that we have. Sometimes the problem is us and the plan we made ourselves, and that was never achievable at a time. And so I think sometimes we struggle to see those things on our own because we can dream really, really big, but you have to have a sounding board that can tell you like, stay the course. That's not your plan. That's not going to happen so that you don't set yourself up to fail at the beginning of the day or the month or the quarter. I think the problem is sometimes, and this is me anyway, I think we can be perfectionists and we can be overachievers and we have really high standards for ourselves and we compare ourselves to all the other sellers and we're like, they're doing all this stuff. They've just joined TikTok and they're like doing this or they've got a Pinterest or they've got an Instagram and we're like, a shiny object syndrome is so hard to avoid. And you think it would get easier the more you've been doing this, but I can tell you now, I've been doing this for like a couple of years now and I feel like it gets harder because then you feel like you're expected to have all that stuff. You know, newer sellers feel pressure to do that, I think too, but the longer I've been doing it, I feel like people at the same point of me, they all have these platforms, I should have them too. And there's like this huge pressure to have it all. And then we just literally don't have the time or capacity or like the mental load. Like we just cannot take that on. And we, we put that pressure on ourselves and it's so hard to like talk yourself out of it. It's hard once you see something that's working really well in your store. Like for you, you know that Pinterest 
is bringing in dollar bills. And so when something shiny comes up, it's like, okay, but I have to really protect this part of my schedule where I pour into Pinterest because this I know already works. And sometimes as we get Pinterest working and Instagram working and your blog, you do have to protect all of those. You might be a huge futures TikTok success. YouTube might work really well for you, but you can't take the risk, even if you really want to, because you have to protect the things in your business that are already working. So it's like when you're a newer seller, you don't know what's going to be the one thing that's going to work. So that's a stressful choice. But I think it's like different problems when your store grows. If your email list is like, making you money, you have to protect that part of your business and you have to keep that time slot really secret. Yeah. I was talking to my husband the other day because he, sometimes he sort of asks like, oh, how's your day? Or what have you been doing? And I'm like, eh. I don't really want to talk about TPT because I don't feel like he gets it. But he's like, no, tell me, tell me about it. And then I started talking about my business and all the things I do. And he's like, I think you're doing a lot of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I've got a lot of platforms. He's like, isn't this like that saying that like jack of all trades, master of none, like if you take on too many things and I was like, don't tell me what I really know. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's hard. You want to test out all the shiny things to find out what if they are the next new big thing for your store? What if your audience loves it? What if, what if, what if, what if we all fall into that? It's so hard. Yeah. I guess the quickest answer I'm always trying to give people is like, do what you would enjoy. Like if you're an introvert, you know, go to something that's more like Pinterest or blogging or you like writing, maybe an email list. If you're an extrovert, TikTok might be for you. Like what suits your personality, I guess, and, and what you want to do, not what other people are doing. But yeah, I feel like we've got this we're on the same page on this. We definitely agree. Yeah. I wanted to chat about something else that you mentioned when we connected on Instagram. You were telling me, I did a story on Instagram where I was saying, I'm struggling to motivate myself to do something. I was like, I'd made these products and I had these product photography piled up and it was never getting done. And I was like, what do you guys do to motivate? Like, help me. And you reply back with this really cool idea. And I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about the celebration jar. Yeah. So celebration jar is not my idea. It's something I got from uh, my business coach. Her name is Sarah Wiles. Great follow on Instagram. Sarah has been working really hard with me on stopping to celebrate because I think as business owners, we tend to just check it off and go on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And the reason business owners burn out is because we didn't ever stop to like celebrate any of the things along the way, like super guilty, right? Alex is nodding along. <laughs> this is just like our personality type. And I don't even know if it comes from being a teacher. Like we didn't have any time to celebrate. Like <laughs> we didn't have any time to do anything, but the celebration jar was like, also really helped me line up my actual goals. Like what were the important things? Because I had to decide, I put rewards for myself in the jar and I had to decide what counted for me to stop and take something out of the jar. So that's me saying like, this is a goal in my business, whether it's having like your first four figure month or finishing this stupid bundle or taking that product photography, whatever it is that you're working on right now. I picked two things in my business. One was a personal goal and one was more of a business goal. And I said, like, I am going to stuff in this jar and mine's not glamorous, by the way, it's just like a mason jar on my desk. I stuff on like these index cards. I just write down, like when I see something shiny on Instagram or a store, I want to buy something from or a rabbit hole, I want to go down. 
or something I want to make time to do, I just write it on an index card and I like crumple it up like a snowball and I stuff it in the jar and then I go back to work. And then when I hit one of those two milestones, either the personal one or the business one, I do make myself stop the bus and I shake the whole jar out. I dump it out on my desk and then I put them all back in and whatever like the last one is, I open it up. And that's just me taking like a time out in my business, but it's been really amazing because you don't get to do it. Like just cause you woke up in the morning, you only can do it for like those two important goals that you said were like the big things that were important to you. And it's like that check-in for yourself. It's like, was this important to you or not? If it was like, let's do it. And I can see the jar on my desk all day. It's not glamorous. It just came from my kitchen. But when you do hit one of those goals, it stares at you. And it's like, stop take a stinking break and actually celebrate. And if you just take an hour, I think the last one that I pulled out was about like taking a day to go like bake bread. (laughs) Baking bread is something I really like to do. I never make time for it because it's not really like a need, right? But I did it during my workday while my kids were at school so I could have peace and quiet, (laughs) which I never get. Like I didn't want little hands helping me. I just wanted to make a loaf of bread myself. (laughs) So I did. I clocked out of work like an hour early because my celebration jars gave me permission. And it was really motivating. When I got back to work the next day, I was like, okay, I felt cared for. Like I wasn't just on this like runaway train where nothing we did would ever be enough. I feel like that all the time. I feel like I sometimes achieve really great things and exciting things happen. And I don't even stop for a second to celebrate it and really appreciate it always chasing the next thing I'm always chasing the next like amount of money I should be making or subscribers that I should have or followers or this or you know like product I should make or as soon as a product's done I'm like what what's the next one I'm gonna make like what's I'm always just chasing the next thing and I don't ever stop and celebrate the wins and I certainly don't do enough of what you said like taking that break from work and rewarding myself and Oh, that sounds so good. I'm so jealous. I need to start doing and that. I think it helps you trust yourself too right like I took an hour off from work like my business didn't stop, right? (laughs) My business didn't crumble. I don't know why we can't figure that out for ourselves. You can step away for an hour. And if you've set your building up properly, like we all have, like it's not going to crumble. Everything's going to be fine. It's really hard. And I think it just retrains us a little bit. Like, oh, I stepped away. I clocked out early. How did that feel? Oh, actually, I really liked that. I wonder if I could clock out an hour early again. (laughs) And I think it's important to connect things to goals that you can actually control. So instead of like, I want to make $500 more in my store next month. Like I, I can't totally control that, but I can control, like, I'm going to finish these four products that have been sitting on my desk and just need to get finished. That's something I can actually control how long it takes. I try not to make goals that I don't have any control over because then you just feel bad. I can't control the TPT search bar. Yes, exactly. So I have like a Word document with my goals on it and none of them are really specific to like a certain amount of money. They're more about things like email marketing and things I want to do. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's so true. Next up, I wanted to chat a little bit about auditing. This is something we both do and I think it's really powerful. So why auditing like parts of your business or your whole business can be really helpful and like how that helps people. Like, let's just talk about this whole practice of auditing what you're doing. Yeah. So I think having a second set of eyes is super, super critical in your business. And that can come up in a lot of different ways. I know how much people like your TPT store audits because I hear about them all the time, but you get so sick of staring at your own store and your own covers and your own categories. And it all starts to look like mush. 
and bringing in a second set of eyes to be like, did you see this category down here? This didn't make any sense. Or I have a friend who sells clip art. And I was like, can I tell you something as a shopper of clip art? I don't know what you have. Lots of your stuff isn't bundled. I wish I could click on your bundle category and see like a catalog of all the things in here because I dig and I search and I pop around and I love your stuff and I can never figure out if you have what I need or not. And we always talk about a bundle is just a cover. It's like, why don't you have, just bundle the rest. Can I just come in your store and bundle the rest of them so I can see what you have as a shopper? And when we talked about it, it was like, oh yeah, a bundle is just a cover. I could sit down and make a couple more covers. You see different things when you hop into people's stores and a fresh set of eyes is everything. I had a friend who has like a ton of math resources in their store and there's lots of different ways you could package them, but we had to like really stop and close our eyes and think about that customer journey. Like, is it best to give them all the Thanksgiving games or is it best to give them all the solutions for third grade fractions? What's the best way? to package them. Even when you're talking about bundling things, it's almost like there's usually like a horizontal way you could bundle and then like a vertical. And that's like, close your eyes and like be the third grade teacher. What's the problem I'm trying to solve? And sometimes you just have to like do that together with someone else. And even when someone does an audit of your store, you don't even have to follow like that first direct suggestion and advice they gave, but it just starts like a whole brainstorming web of other things that you didn't even think of. And it's always valuable. And I think sometimes it comes in through like customer feedback, right? Sometimes customers tell us things we don't want to hear. You should really have a Spanish version of this. And you're like, oh, I hate making a Spanish version. But then you actually like start to look at repeated comments or things in your analytics. And you're like, oh, all right, my audience does need this. I guess I'm just going to make it. So I think of an audit, I think it's a fancy, like unfriendly word, but it's just like, a fancy word for another set of eyes. Yeah. And we can look at our own stores. And I do try to do this in my own business. I try to be objective and look at what's going on, look at the data, have that wake up call. And I do, it does work sometimes, but sometimes we have real blind spots when it's our own business and we justify things, you know, and sometimes someone will call you out on something or or draw attention to something and you get kind of defensive because you're like, no, I'm doing it that way because it But like, really, we justify a lot of things to ourselves, I think. And we make excuses for why we've done things a certain way. We're not doing things. And I think someone else will kind of call you out on what you're doing. They'll say like, hey, why are you doing this? Or what is happening over here? (laughs) Like, Sometimes you need someone to tell you the truth because you are sometimes blind to it, I think. Yeah. And I will say I do that with people with their to-do lists. We have digital to-do lists with my clients and I can see little tasks slide from one day to the next, to the next, to the next on their calendar. It's like, what is the story? Let's talk about it. What is it about making those thumbnails that you don't want to do? Like, do you hate making thumbnails or do you have feelings about this product? Like what is making that task slide? And there is, you start to peel back the layers of the onion and you find out these stories that people have that are making them hate that. Like you're going to find out one day what your story is, why you don't want to take pictures of your products. You know, like eventually we figure out like what it is and we decide like, is that a battle I'm going to fight? Or am I going to get this done in some other way? You know, TBT store audits are one way to do it, but there are so many places where you can just bring in another set of eyes. And I think an audit is a great thing too, because it's just like a quick in and out. It doesn't mean you have to hire someone and they're like at your desk every single day for the rest of your life. They could just pop in and out for a day. They could pop in and out for a weekend. When I do audits, I do them on systems. So the backend organization of your TBT business. And I usually spend about two weeks with someone. So I spend one week by myself reading their 
intake form, learning all about their business. And then the next week I spend with them, peeling back the layers of the onion, asking them more questions about things they wrote and making a system that works for them. And then on that second Friday, we just say goodbye. And I like all their passwords, go back to them and all their files and my butts out of their business. And they're hopefully in a better place than when they started. So I think it can be a really cool, like, way to just dip your toe in the pool of like letting someone else in and seeing how that feels. Uh, It doesn't have to be like a giant thing. When you invite someone else into your business, it can be just like a quick half hour. Hey, can you look at my covers? Whatever, whatever suits you, whether it's, I want someone to look at my storefront or my product listings, whatever, or it's like with stuff you do, it's like looking at my systems and my processes and how I'm outsourcing and all my teammates and like, you know, you could be at a different point in your business. You could be a newer seller that just wants to be back on your covers. You could be a really seasoned seller that has a giant team that you're not managing very well. Like there's so many different things you could have audited. So like, how can an audit help like a newer seller versus like a more experienced seller? Like at what point should you be reaching out to do these things? Yeah. For a newer seller, oftentimes when I run into people, they say like, I took this course and I took this one and I took that one. And also, I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow, right? Because they don't have the perspective to know what to do first and what to do next. So they learned how to do all the things, but they can't pull together all their Google Drive folders and all their notes. They still wake up with paralysis tomorrow because they're like, okay, but really, like which step is right for me. And that's the thing when you're taking a course, you don't, nobody's looking at your business one-on-one they're speaking globally and you have to synthesize that information and pull out what's next for your business. And if you can like meet with another person for 45 minutes and they can say, I think these are the next two things for you to do this year, then you can go away for a year and you can do them because you usually newer sellers have like 90% of what they need. They just don't know what step is next. And so you give them that like permission slip. Like it's okay to put your head down until you have a hundred products, right? Like that's advice out there sometimes, or it's okay to just pause and wish your covers were square and just go back and change them all so that you like your store when you show up. Like it's okay to just change all your titles and don't open up the products all the way. I love to change titles on products when people are overwhelmed. And then I like to change snippets. And then I like to look at outside changes like covers and thumbnails and previews. And then only then do we ever like open up the big, bad, scary inside of the product. (laughs) But it's so overwhelming. If you just take one product, you could be stuck in it forever. There's so many options though, isn't there? Yeah. One thing I was going to ask you was, do you have any tips for, I guess, slightly more seasoned sellers who hire out or have teammates or virtual assistants and like any recommendations for having sort of systems or processes there because it's something I'm struggling with I'm only in my first year or so of hiring so I'm not someone that's got like a team of like 100 people I mean like the early days of it I don't have a very good system it's a bit of a hot mess and it's just like you know attaching things to emails back and forth and things like that and things getting miscommunicated and and not being sorted sometimes and it's like I know I just don't have a system but I don't really know where to start Like, do you kind of have any tips? Yeah, you're totally not alone. So I'll tell you that. Um, Sometimes we don't know because we don't know what's inside other anyone else's business. You are definitely not alone. I think it's really important to make sure your own schedule is locked and loaded because as much as hiring out a task is going to take something off your plate, it doesn't take everything off your plate. So there's still another person that's going to be in your inbox. They're going to need feedback. They're going to need a password. They're going to need feedback from you to go on to the next step to help you. So you do have to leave a spot in your day for communication. 
And some people don't have the white space for that. They bring in a VA when it's too late. Their business is already on fire and they get the task and they give it to that person. And then that team member says, done, I'm ready for you to check it. And like their whole pyramid explodes. They're like, I could not possibly look at this. This is so overwhelming. I don't want to ever see it again. That's why I gave it to you. Oh my goodness. Get out of my face. So I think there's like this step that a lot of TBC sellers are skipping, not just you. This is not personal, but there's a step before that where you have to like, make sure all the systems are in place. And I call it, um, newer sellers really like this term, but I call it be your own VA. So like before I can hire out, make a cover, I need to write down what the steps are to make a cover. What are my non-negotiables in my covers? What are the colors that I use? What are the fonts that I use? What is an exemplar cover that I really like? What is a game changer, absolutely not stop sign cover that I hate? I love to make a video of me making a cover so that the next person who makes a cover can watch what I do. I love to watch other TPT sellers like in videos, just like how they click and they tweak and they group things and all the little like PowerPoint tricks. I love watching people do that before I do a task for them because there's so many things they couldn't possibly explain to you, but they could make you like a two minute loom video, like a little screencast. And you could learn so much about the magic of just how they put shadows behind things and how they layer them and what makes their work look like theirs. So I think when you're frustrated and you have no money in your business and you want to hire out, but you can't, there's so many positive steps you can take before hiring out, making a list of the steps that you take one day, like that gets you one step closer. Um, making that video of you doing that task one day gets you one step closer, watching your video and writing out the things in that video one step closer. And then the next time you get to that task and you're frustrated, you can start to think in a dream world, what would the perfect VA do for me? What part would I want to keep and what part would I want them to do? And then you can see like, well, I think that'll take me an hour a week. I want to make sure that every morning I have 10 minutes to check in with my team and see if they need anything. And you can like carve out that spot in your schedule before you go searching for that person and spending any money. But I think having those like actionable tasks you can do that are free every time you get to that task that's driving you nuts. When we take those steps and we're our own virtual assistant, sometimes people find out they don't need to hire out a task at all. Maybe it was just that their systems just need to be cleaned up. And once I have a checklist as if I was going to hire it out, oh my goodness, making that cover wasn't so bad. Yeah. I think sometimes once we make directions for someone else, we're like, oh, I'm so much more clear on what that task is. I think I'll just keep it and do it myself. I do need to do that. I do need to like schedule time in my weekly schedule and my routine to say like giving myself white space. This is time I'm going to proof stuff because I do have that right now. I have like 10 products sitting in my computer that are like half ready, but not on TPT because they haven't been proofed by me. And I know that people have this like just in general, even when they don't have VAs, they're like, they're making products and they're like half finished on their computer. And we have that kind of, oh my goodness, like it's just sitting there and it's, it's driving me crazy because I haven't really scheduled the time to deal with it. It's just like adding it to my plate and I haven't really planned things very well around it. I do need to be more organized with that definitely. And I like what you're saying about like the standard operating procedures of, I don't have that. I don't really have the really good videos and, and documents and systems to tell people what I want. I'm always just trying to email them what I want. And I, once it's done wrong, then I'm trying to fix it and be like, this is what I wanted. 
when I should have told them before, like, yeah, I'm seeing now. (laughs) And it's not too late. So if you have 30 products on your desktop that aren't finished, that's so overwhelming. It makes me want to crawl under my desk and hide. But if I can see like a path out of that hole, if I tell myself, well, which one do I loathe the least or which one is almost done? All right. I don't hate this one. What if I just make one cover and I write down the steps and I take a video of me doing it? Can I do just one? I can do one if it means that the way out means I don't have to do the next 29. (laughs) Like, because then I have this package, this little present that I can hand off to someone else. That's when you see people post really specific jobs in that TP virtual assistant Facebook group. They're like, I have exactly 29 products that just need a cover and uploaded to my store. This is a one-time job. I just need it done. Who can help? And I love those posts when a TPT seller can come in and they know exactly what they need. That means they have figured out like this has to go. I obviously am not the person who's going to get this done. These need to be in my store yesterday. And you'd be surprised how many virtual assistants can do that. I've helped people who literally just need products uploaded to their store. They know how to upload products to their store. They may just be in a season of life where they just legitimately cannot go in their store right now. Sometimes that seller is coming out of a period of grief or they're just heading into the back to school season. They've just ended up in the hospital. They have all these products that are like almost done. And they're like, the TBG sale is coming. Can someone please just take the password to my store? And could someone just put them up there? And whatever placeholder description or title you come up with is better than like them being on their computer and not making money. And they're just grateful. And I think the more that you hear that other people aren't afraid to ask for help, the more brave you are to ask for help because it's totally okay. And it doesn't mean that you have to have a team of 50 people, but like, I don't have anyone that works on my business full time on like payroll every single month, but I absolutely will bring people into my business here and there as contractors to help me with things that I can't do. I often send out blog posts quarterly. I look for my own keyword opportunities. I think about my own products. I look for holes in the blog content I already have. I'll even outline it in a Google doc. I'll dump all my thoughts. I'll bring in a Google drive of pictures. And then that's literally all I can do. After that, I would just slide the task on my calendar and I would never do it. So I have a person I trust. And I just say like, whenever you can get to them, super don't care. Someone needs to do these and it needs to not be me. And then whenever they have time, they get them back. They're lovely. I pay them and we move on. If it was on my calendar, it would literally never get done. And that's okay. I just had to realize that one day about myself. Like I will literally not have a blog if I don't have somebody come in and give me a hand. Yeah. That ties back really well to what we talked about at the beginning of the episode about capacity. And I think us putting that pressure on ourselves to be able to do all of these things. And we're only human. We just cannot. So sometimes you have to accept if you're in a position where you can afford to that hiring someone is like one of the best things you can ever do to take things off your plate. And there will be kinks to work out and like things like me not having systems, <laughs> things you have to work out. But overall, it is such a good feeling to have something off your plate. And it's so nice. Do you like to work early in the morning or do you like to work late at night? Morning. Definitely a morning, morning. person. Yeah. I'm morning too. I found that a lot of our like artists, like clip art friends, their creativity doesn't peak until like 2 PM, like after lunch. And so sometimes that's the fun capacity conversation is like, why can't I get myself up and working on TPT in the morning? Well, I don't know. Like, do you need to get up and work on TPT in the morning? Can you just wait to work on TP after lunch? Like sometimes we just need that permission slip. Why are we fighting upstream? Well, everyone else works on TPT in the morning. So what? 
like you're your own boss. If you want to stay up late, like I can't stay up late. I just can't. My brain doesn't function that late. But if that's when your like creative best products come out of you, do it. But I know that as I work with people, usually we have two productive time slots in the day. I have like two or three good hours in the morning and two or three good hours after lunch. And then honestly, I am not very helpful to the world. After about 3 p.m., like I I just can't. I'm just not helpful. If you want to ask me a question as a parent, you need to get to me bright and early. And it's the same with my business. Sometimes I'm deep in a task at like 2 p.m., And I really want to finish it. And I think like tonight after dinner, I'm just going to log back in. I'm going to finish this up. Oh my God, it would take me three times as long. Like, why do I say that? If I save it till tomorrow morning, it'll just take me a couple minutes because my brain will be in the right place. So I think capacity sometimes is that too. Like I can do two big tasks in a day and one small one. So I better choose what those tasks are really wisely. Like my big task for the day, I better not be scroll Instagram. It better be something really important that aligns to my quarterly goals because my brain, like that timer is ticking. My best hours are going to be gone. I hope I can pick the two most important tasks. And that's why my friend Rachel is like my morning accountability. We both bring our kids to school. We check back in the office and I'm like, my number one thing today is blank. And she's like, mine is that. And I'm like, super, I'll see you at lunch. I agree with that so much. I started noticing this a lot lately. I actually had like a guest in the podcast a while back and talked about sleep chronotypes and stuff. So I knew it was a thing, but I really started noticing it recently that, you know, like seven o'clock in the morning, like nine o'clock, I'm sitting there making a product. It's all go, go, go. Like, you know, I just had like a Red Bull or something. It feels like I'm like, all go, go, go. And then at one o'clock or two o'clock after lunch, I'm at the computer just looking at the screen for like 10 minutes, like nothing is happening. I'm like a zombie. What is happening? It's like gone. And I put so much pressure on myself to do something when I physically, my body clearly cannot. And my sister is the opposite. She's trying to get her out of the bed in the morning. Like it would be torture. But yeah, like late at night, she's all go, go, go. And like, that's just who you are as a person. Like that's your body. You can't fight it. So you've got to decide what other times I'm productive. Maybe I'm a 5am before school or a 10 o'clock at night, you know, after school kind of thing. Not what other people are doing, what suits you. And then you've got this really limited time that you said you cannot be checking emails and answering bio questions and scrolling Instagram and checking your Facebook group, whatever. Those little things that don't really matter. You should be doing the important stuff, like the deep focus work in that time. And I've been trying to do that this week get up and not touch my phone and like start make open my laptop and make a product when I'm most productive. And then at one o'clock when I'm a zombie, I can scroll through Instagram and just chill. Cause that's clearly yeah. what's going to work for me. And I think it's one thing for me, like to, at one o'clock to be like a zombie and writing like a half-hearted, not very good blog post in my own business. But I think I had to get really honest when I started working on like a time tracker in other people's businesses. And I'll be the first one to say to a client, I was going to do this for you today, but like, I am not my own best self today. I was like, this is going to be so much better if I make it for you in the morning. So I'm clocking out early today and you'll get this tomorrow and you'll be so grateful. Cause I always say like, I promise I'll never work on your business when my brain is not, not where it needs to be. And clients are always happy to wait one more day. I never miss a deadline, but clients are always happy to wait because what they get at the end, they're really happy with. And so I think that was like a really good reflective moment for me too. Like, when I actually turn on a time tracker and I'm on the clock for someone else, am I like focused and ready to go and like ready to make magic happen and move the needle for this person? Cause if I'm not like, I'm not doing it. I'm not stepping into someone's customer service inbox when I'm in a mood that's not helpful. (laughs) So I think it was also good too, because sometimes we don't hold ourselves to very good standards in our own store. 
But it's been really cool for me to like start the day in someone else's customer service inbox, like a cheery, happy teacher and be like, if I am not in that place in my own Q&A for TPT, I'm not going in there. <laughs> yeah, that's, we need to have that self-awareness, I think. This has been such a good conversation. I feel like we talked about how calling this like a spring clean of your business kind of thing, like you know, it's spring in the US. So like, how can we be sorting our systems and our processes and thinking about our capacity and hiring out and all this stuff? Such a good conversation to have this year. So if you're listening, I really hope this time of year that you're thinking about a little bit of spring clean of your business and that this has helped because I certainly feel very, very inspired. (laughs) So Janice, could you tell us where my audience can find you and connect with you if they'd like to? Yeah, absolutely. I like to hang out on Instagram. I know that sounds silly, but that is my favorite place to be. And I think all the good TPT chatter for me happens in the DMs. So I am at teacher Janice BA on Instagram. And you can literally slide in my DMs and say hi anytime. I get a lot of DMs at the end of the workday and at the end of the work week, which is always really funny to me. But like when Friday comes and people still have things on their to-do list and they're beating themselves up about it, that's when my DMs get really hot. And they're like, I was going to make 17 bundles and batch out blog posts for the rest of the year. And I can't believe I didn't get it done. What's wrong with me? You're like, nothing's wrong with you. No one can do that. And you kind of give them like dry their tears and help them get into the weekend. And then you check back in with them on Monday and be like, okay, but really how many hours do you even have to work in your business? How many blog posts can you actually write in a week? And we start to like dig ourselves out of things. And sometimes that's all people need is a pep talk. Sometimes they have four goals and they need someone to ditch one of them. (laughs) Sometimes you can only do three of them and you can talk to them and help them decide. Sometimes I'm a person who can help them. And a lot of times I'm not, but if I'm not the right person, I might know someone. So I'll never go near a part of your business that I'm not a professional at. I'm not going to be able to do your product photography. Gosh, I wish I could. (laughs) I can offer you a tip about the celebration jar, but it doesn't matter how much gear and lighting like I have. I'm just not good at photography. And I will hire that out every day to the TPT photography unicorns that are out there. It's just not my zone of genius. But if your to-do list is a hot mess, your systems, you can't figure out how to pass tasks back and forth between team members without stealing your piece. For some reason, like that's something that I can help people with. And I will when I can. And you are lovely to chat to on Instagram. You've always got really insightful things to share. Like stuff like the celebration jar, you're always sharing something insightful with me. So it's nice to chat to you. So I'm sure other people will love to connect with you as well. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been so lovely chatting to you. Thanks for having me, Alex. I really hope that you enjoyed listening to this week's episode. Definitely check out Janice on Instagram. And throughout the episode, we talked a lot about auditing your business. So you could certainly reach out to her if you want to dive into that area. And if you were kind of curious about the store and listing audits that I was mentioning, I will throw a link in the show notes to my coaching site. So you can see some of those packages if you were interested. But yeah, sometimes it's just really nice to have another set of eyes on what you're doing to get that kind of accountability and that motivation to make the changes that you need in your business. But I hope that you have a terrific day. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Terrific Teacherpreneur. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Come back for more actionable tips and helpful wisdom in the next episode with your host, Alex. Until then.